You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into your Thursday edition of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com. So, Tim, how about Goody? Drop it, Bob. Win the week. I think <laughs> Matthew Gutierrez, our guy, has won the week because this is a guy, and we've got a text chain with the three of us in it, but. How many times does he just tell us, "Yeah, I'm not really in the scoops game. I don't." Yeah, love he always game. downplays. I, I'm, it. I'm here to. I'm here to write, and then boom, he, we've got a little, uh, a little Woj bomb, a baby Woj, a baby Schefter in the Syracuse community, and he goes out and, and puts out this piece on the Athletic, and this is kind of two parted here because Tyrell Richards is something. He, this wasn't in the story, and we'll touch on Tyrell Richards in a second, but he was charged with driving while impaired by drugs on august 8th and he was a would-be starter for the syracuse defense and then su comes out to comment saying that he's been disciplined in accordance with team and athletic department protocols and that this may not actually be an opt-out and this is my personal analysis no longer the statement but this might not be an opt-out for richards it's more looking like it might be some sort of suspension as opposed to the opt-out and then on top of that and we'll start with this is that the running backs, Jarvion Howard and Abdul Adams, both guys that were slated to start for the Syracuse team in 2020, are opting out, not necessarily for COVID reasons, but more to get ready for the NFL draft. Interesting. Which is very, very interesting. And, okay, so I saw this comment come out by the Steelers GM, Kevin Colbert. And he said that we are more likely to look at guys in our upcoming draft process that actually played this year as opposed to guys who did not. And I find that very, very intriguing because I just want to know what kind of advice a guy like Abdul Adams and Jarvion Howard. And again, this is what's being reported. I don't know if it's necessarily true that they're opting out to get ready for the draft. And if they're opting out for COVID reasons, all right, so be it. But if you're opting out to get ready for the NFL draft, why don't we learn to walk before we learn to run here? Yeah. Neither of these guys have had a season over 550 yards. Right. And that's not the type of season that's going to get an NFL scout all giddy to draft them at any point in the NFL draft. I mean, you're looking at guys, even Dante Strickland, he didn't put up great numbers in in, uh, in Syracuse. And Mo Neal, he put up some solid numbers at Syracuse. Much better than those and two. Now Neither of those guys got drafted, and not, Mo Neal didn't even cling on to a practice squad or, or get an, an invite to a camp. Dante got an invite to a camp, but the fact that you can see those two guys who had much more illustrious careers than you, and they're going to go try to make it to the NFL after serving their four years at Syracuse, and they can't cling on anywhere, where's the confidence that you can cling on somewhere? Yeah, you almost have to wonder who is telling them that they're NFL ready. And I don't mean any disrespect to these guys. I mean, NFL, I saw some tweets that came out during the whole process last week where people were getting cut and the final rosters were being made. And it's so true. It's like, let's keep in mind that whoever's name is appearing as being cut today, like when those tweets were coming out, they're still mind-bogglingly good at football, I think the tweet was. And I forget who who sent it, but... 
Yeah, you know, I, I saw the same tweet. Right, there. it's it's hard to make it to the NFL. It's really, really hard. And I worry who's telling them this information because you, you bring up how the Steelers GM, who is just one GM, but he said that quote. Well, does he have anything on how he's not looking after running backs that haven't had a 500-yard season? Because I feel like, you know, you got to hit a couple checkpoints to even be in the conversation. And I like Jarvion Howard. I like Abdul Adams as college football running backs. I think they could have had good years this year. But in a general Syracuse theme here, I would say Goody's news, and I'm glad that, you know, he's out there in the scoops game. I know he jokes about how he doesn't want to be in it, and he downplays it kind of to us all the time. But props to him because he finally gave us some clarity on some things that we thought were coming, but now, you know, we know for sure that these guys aren't going to play this year. But on top of that, Ty, we now know why they're not going to play. And that changes my opinion a lot about will they play at Syracuse again? Because... Oh, if, if you think Dino's letting them back in that locker room, then you've never been a part of a team. You I don't have see never it. been a part yeah, of a team. With the running backs, because it seems like I they're... Mean, he's been clearly frustrated by this in his press conferences as well. And I think the weight of the words of you've got their numbers, why don't you ask them, kind of holds a little more weight now. Yeah, so it seems like in Goody's reporting and his article over on at The Athletic, he says that a couple players were divided by the idea and in sort of, according to his source, thought of it as selfish what Abdul Adams and Jarvion Howard were doing by just worrying about themselves and going to the get ready for the NFL draft or at least what they think will be the NFL. I mean, they're probably not going to get drafted, but there probably is not a whole let's welcome them back with open arms type of philosophy if those guys didn't get drafted, it didn't pan out for them, and they decide to come back next year. So I don't feel great. Or if the feedback that they're getting is not good and they think, oh, maybe I should come back. Right, which is possible. I mean, we've seen this happen too many times now with college athletes where the feedback is positive, and if it's positive, these kids have succeeded at every level they've played in, and their dream has always been to play as a professional athlete. Like, everyone's dream is, basically, if you have ever played sports at any point in your life. So it's a very appealing thing, and if you have a couple people telling you to go for it, you're probably going to go for it. And that's why it's scary that these kids are being told this all the time, because I just don't see a whole lot of NFL potential, especially at the running back position. I mean, that is a tough right, position. The most volatile to position in football. I got a list for you here, all right, of guys who have either been cut this offseason since training camps have closed, or of guys who are still on the free agent market. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna well, let's play a little uh a little um little game here. I'm gonna read off a name and you're gonna tell me which guy you would rather have on your team. These are guys who have been cut this offseason, some of which have latched on with other teams, but have been cut this offseason, all right? Or are free agents that have not been signed. Adrian Peterson. Would you rather have Adrian (laughs) Peterson or Jarvion Howard or Abdul Adams? I I think AD would be my pick there. (laughs) All right. Leonard Fournette. Yeah, Leonard Leonard Fournette is signed now with Tampa, but yeah. I I see what you're saying. He was at Devontae Freeman. Yeah. I've got a list. I've got a list. And I'm These going are all it. very good. Very, very CJ good. CJ Procise, Lamar yeah. Miller, Todd Gurley, Bilal Powell, Marshawn Lynch, Darius Geis, Spencer Ware, 
Isaiah Crowell. The list keeps on going and going. Those guys are older. You want to know what all those guys did? Almost all of those guys ran for a thousand yards at least once in college. Many all of ran them for five hundred. I can tell you that much. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They all <laughs> right. ran. I, I ran the numbers. All of them ran for at least seven fifty in college. Yeah. All of them. I and some of them only had one year of a sample size to do it. I I mean these guys were fighting for the Syracuse starting job. I know we love Syracuse here, but let's not ignore the facts. They're not draftable prospects right now think of how many players at any position have been drafted by Syracuse in the past 10-15 years Andre Sisco if he were to opt out and say I'm ready for the NFL draft and I'm getting prepared for that that's one thing I like you yeah, said cool. I think I'm I'm cool with that right I think it's better to am play I heard right as a Syracuse now. fan sure a little bit but yeah I'm yeah. cool I understand it but getting to Tyrell Richards too here when the news came out and I have seen a couple people have cited the paper now, which had this news a couple days prior, and basically, you know, how there is any arrests in the paper, the local paper kind of the next day or several weeks after, I guess, in this case. But Tyrell Richards' name is in there, so that does kind of confirm at least that he was arrested, and SU, like you said, has made a statement saying that he has been reprimanded, or I don't remember the exact verbiage they used, but it's not looking great that he's going to play this year. And... If he's not going to play this year, is he going to play next year? I mean, he's already fed up with John Wildhack on Twitter. He has gone at him and kind of deleted some stuff after the fact. But I just I don't I don't have a good feeling about any of those three players who, by the way, are all three pretty what we thought were going to be key starters. I mean, I guess you can't have two running back starters, but two key contributors on offense and one guy that I was very, very excited about on defense that really changes my whole thought process on the linebacker position and how that group will stack up this year. Now they're gone, and I don't think it's that type of situation where it's Cooper Dawson and he's opting out because of COVID concerns, and I feel confident he's going to come back next year. I don't think these guys are going to play football at Syracuse again, and I hope I'm wrong, but that's just how I feel as of recording this. I mean, if I'm Andre Sisco, and, and this applies more for the running backs than Tyrell Richards, if I'm Andre Sisco and you're, you've got a team vote of whether or not you're going to let these guys come back, and I know Andre won't be on the team next year in all likelihood, but if there's a team vote of whether or not these guys are coming back, I'm the loudest voice in the room. I could have been a first-round draft pick, and I played with you guys. Those guys had zero business sniffing the NFL right now and chose to turn their back on you. I, I don't get it. I yeah, do if not this get news that. is true, which right, I mean, it almost is hard to believe, right, that they are right. solely doing I, I was, this because I of the NFL. I was floored when I saw the the group chat between the three of us buzzing this morning. Yeah, floored when I saw that. Right, I've but, never rushed to find an article quicker than that one. Definitely a weird day of news because I couldn't so believe far. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we will get into our our season predictions in just a second, and we'll also talk about. The ACC basketball coaches want everybody into the NCAA (laughs) tournament in this upcoming season. But first, you need a well-oiled machine to get where you want to go, just like the Syracuse offense does. But in today's world, there have never been more options for you to buy from. Why not make it easy for you and go to rockauto.com? With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's almost impossible for a lot of traditional storefronts to stock these items that you may need for your car or truck. That's where rockauto.com comes in because not only are you going to get 
the best selection and the easiest way to shop for auto parts, but you're also going to get it at the best price as well. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, maybe even 100% more for the same exact part? RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Whether you need engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Check out their website. The catalog is unique and super easy to navigate and you will quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, for your brand, for your make, for your model, whatever you need to fix up your car or truck. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you again. When you go to rockauto.com, when you go fix up your car through their website, be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so have you seen the number tim the the over under and i don't think this is out in a lot of places you got you got to go through like the back channels of the internet i think to find yeah the i don't think i've seen one total for the upcoming season but the one that I saw. Oh, can I is... guess it before you say it? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Guess, all right. Guess, guess. Assuming all eleven games, I'd say four and a half wins. All right, you're you're very close. It is five with okay. heavy juice on the under. I think I saw minus one sixty five on the under of five games. So you're essentially right, I would say. But so that's how Vegas views this Syracuse team, and that is under the assumption that they will play 11 games again the the misnomer that i saw the caveat is that all 11 games have to be played so when i look at that i i err on the side of the under and even with that with the heavy juice because i think syracuse could pull up well short of that number and when you look at where syracuse stacks up in the acc again the the preseason polls have them at 14th just one spot ahead of georgia tech and i look at teams with good defensive lines that could be problems for Syracuse. And when I looked at this, so David Hale the other day released an article of the top 25 players in the ACC. There were six defensive linemen on there, five of which are on Syracuse's schedule. So when I see that, it gives me a lot of pause about what this could do for the Orange in 2020. And it really puts a cap on their ceiling in my eyes. Yeah, I saw a lot of UNC players run that. I think four total. And it was uh, Howell, of course, was leading the way the quarterback at number four on that list, mm-hmm. too. We'll talk all about UNC tomorrow on this podcast, but I'm with you, man. I I think they hit the under. I, I have the record down here as four and seven. And the more I look at it, the more I just kept getting back to four wins. It really feels like a four-win football team. It's obviously a very tough year to predict these things, but to me, the bottom line is this. It is a very tough year to have a very young team and be introducing a completely new defense and a new offensive coordinator. That's a lot of unknowns, a lot of moving parts in a year. Can I throw in one more thing? Yeah. How about the drama that's surrounding this team a week before this sure. thing is about to start? Now, again, that drama has been known within the organization now for probably over a month, I would say. But that never bodes well. It doesn't matter what level you're playing at. High school, college, professional. I mean, look at the Browns last year, all right? All the drama and all the 
the puffed out chests of, of of some of the guys on that team. And I'm not saying Syracuse has guys that are uh, flexing their muscles right now about, oh, we're going to be all this, we're going to be all that. But drama never works out in sports. It just doesn't. It, it, it collapses teams. It doesn't matter what sport you're playing. It doesn't matter what level you're playing at. When you're facing this sort of thing right before the season starts, and now the questions are going to be coming in hot and heavy over these next couple of days, and certainly after the UNC game, which I think both you and I are chalking up as a loss to start this season. Sadly, yeah. You're going to have to deal with all of that. And at what point in this truncated season, this unorthodox season, do guys start to check out? Because we heard it kind of last year from Kendall Coleman about how guys really started to check out on this Syracuse roster once the the going got tough. And you'd even seen it in, in the years prior to that, too, when they were going four and eight year after year. That's, to me, going to be the big challenge. If you've got guys who aren't bought in in the locker room, then this thing goes south. And I, I just... So you, you've got them at, at a four-win team. I've got them at a three-win team. Wow. Because... So can I push back? I think, I think I think that's a little... That's not my reasoning as to why, because this team's got to be hungry, right? After last year and the disappointment that it was, DeVito has been very public about how that was kind of a disgrace given what the expectations and the hype were. I feel like this team is very hungry, and I feel like I actually like Syracuse football when the expectations are lower than what we saw last year, where it was scary how high the expectations were, and obviously they did not live up to that for a myriad of reasons. But my concern is not, does this team fight hard enough? Are they hungry enough? My concern is just what's on paper and the talent, and that there's 13 yeah, freshmen I mean, on the depth That's mine too, and that's part of what I'm saying is, yes, okay, this team can be hungry, but hungry only gets you on the breadcrumb trail, right? It doesn't necessarily lead you to the loaf, and... and that's what I'm kind of worried about with this team. And and are we sure, like, how hungry is this team? Because I think this is way different than that 2018 team. That was Eric Dungy's last year. All of these guys, if they want to come back and run it back next year, they can. So I, I, I'm not questioning the hunger in them. I'm just saying that I think using hunger as a reason for why this team can win four, five, six games is invalid. It's completely invalid because of the fact that it's weird. You can check out, and there's really no consequences. Um, and I just don't see this team winning more than three games because of the fact that, on paper, there's just too much going on, there's too much youth, and there's, quite frankly, not enough talent. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty surprised you're down as low as three just because of the schedule and... I get it to an extent. Yeah, and I don't think the schedule did them a ton of favors. Oh, Again, no, it's a tough they have, schedule. They have but... five, five road games, 0-5. That's what I have. I have five road games, I see 0-5, yeah. and I really don't have many questions to, to ask. But home, it's, it's definitely a lot easier, but still, things can go wrong. It's football. The, the thing about football is all it takes is you have to have one bad game or you walk into the stadium feeling a little off one game and it's not like a, a series where you can okay we can go get them the next time and we can pull it out in seven no in football it's just so do or die yeah and it's that any given saturday mentality and again the any given saturday can sure as hell work in syracuse's favor some weeks i just don't see that happening 
given the flaws on the offensive line, given the fact that it seems like there's some chemistry issues that may need to be patched up, given the fact that you play a lot of good defensive lines this year. I I can't see it happening when you've got that many problems in the trenches. So I ran some numbers on the conference records just because we have to look at this year differently than other years. I mean, you have one non-conference game. It's Liberty. You should win that if that game's on, which I think by all accounts it probably will Mm -hmm. be at this point. So outside of that, it's all conference games, right? 2019, they went 2-6 and six last year in ACC play. 2018 was obviously the great year they go 6-2. and two. But then you go to 2017, 2016, 2015. The three years preceding that great year, all 2-6. and six. So if you count just Dino's tenure, three of the four years, they have only won two ACC games. 2014, they were 1-7. 2013, the first year in the ACC, they did pretty well. That's when they made the Texas Bowl. Went seven and six overall. They were four and four in conference play. So obviously you're playing ten games this year as opposed to eight in conference. But you're also playing Notre Dame. You're playing that really tough road schedule. I do think there's a lot of wins out there at home, and that's why I ended up with four for me because you've got that stretch. You're probably going to start zero and two, and then you go Georgia Tech, Duke, Liberty. You could get pick up some momentum there and reel off three. I, it wouldn't shock me if they were three and two. I kind of look at that home slate. It's the old baseball adage, what, you're going to win 60, you're going to lose 60. It's what you do in the other 42. I think at home, you're going to win two, you're going to lose two. It's what you do in the other two that's going to determine it. And I, I the, the schedule, uh, the defensive lines that they're going to see are, are very tough. I will say this. I think that they could get out to a three and two start. Yeah. But... We have seen what three and two starts sometimes finish as with this team, and it's not pretty. Once you get to November, once you have a couple weeks on the road, and you're going through the the hardships of traveling, and well, so some much of, these of that down was the weeks. dungy injuries too, which hopefully right. that and doesn't again, happen. Un- injuries certainly something that can happen. Injuries certainly something that ha- have hurt this team in the past, but and could very well happen again for this team and, and every other team. In, in the conference as well. But I just, I I have a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that when you've got so many moving parts, all of this drama preceding the season, now you got to go out and play a pretty tough schedule. It's not looking pretty in my eyes for the Orange. Yeah, I'm really worried about the run defense too. That's kind of the final thing I'll say. And we can talk about this more tomorrow when we discuss UNC, but To me, without Tyrell Richards, the linebackers have a ton of unknown, a ton of question marks, and now you've only got six guys before you get to the defensive back unit. Those DBs are going to be asked to do a lot in the run protection, run defensive scheme side of things, and that has been a problem in the past, especially last year. So I just, I worry that they don't have enough talent and playmakers in this 335 yet and they also don't have enough experience and the reason why I say it's tough to be young this year Dino even said that he's 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 alluded to it at least that it seems like the experienced teams are going to be more successful out of the gates because at least if you're a sophomore or a junior going into this year you have some familiarity with what it means to play college football and you have something to fall back on that you can, when you strap on the helmet, it returns to a sense of normal, right? Not not for those yeah. freshmen. I mean, this is such a weird time to be implemented into a starting linebacker spot for a guy like Stephon Thompson 
And to go up against UNC game one, I just don't see how there aren't growing pains there. If if there was a season, or if there's a guy you want to have on your team in this season, you know who that is to me? Who? You know who you're really missing? Zaire Franklin. And, and yeah. again, I know he's, he's long graduated, but right. he's a and guy. Shout out to him, by the he, way. He, yeah, he just Colts. got named a, a captain for the Indianapolis Colts. All right, He was a three-year captain at Syracuse. If they had a guy like Zaire Franklin, I think I would err more closer towards the the five hundred level, five and yeah. six, maybe six and five. Some would argue that Cisco, can... but it's it's a little different when you you just have it at defensive backs. They've got great DBs. Right. It's just the run defense scares me because they don't right. have a lot of leaders in that. Yeah, you know, before the DB section of the defense. Yeah, and I, I actually I would say the same about Kendall Coleman to a degree. I think if, if oh, they yeah. had a guy like Zaire, Kendall Coleman, guys who could hold each other accountable, I think that would be a real, real game changer for this team heading into what's going to be a wonky season. All right, coming up next, speaking of wonky, how about the ACC coaches? They want everybody in, Oprah style for the NCAA tournament. <laughs> we'll talk about that next. All right, Tim, before we get into this thing with the the ACC coaches and and everyone getting a spot in the 2021 NCAA (laughs) tournament, I do want to dispel something that I saw on Twitter yesterday. Um, So Billy Donovan has uh, agreed for a mutual parting as the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. I saw some rumblings out there. Could Billy Donovan be the next head coach at Syracuse? Really? And... I, I scoffed at the idea. Can can why, we shut this why down Syracuse? now? Yeah. Can, can we shut this down? I didn't because see that. Huh. I and because I guess a lot of people wanted him to be next in line after Bayheim for a while, and then he went to the NBA. If I'm Billy Donovan, and I know there's a a job out there for me, there's a job out for for him in the NBA. All right, there's a job. I, I have a feeling this came down to money of some sorts. They the Thunder small market team. You're experiencing extraordinary losses right now. It's not even revenue sharing across the league. You're probably you're probably not in the the market to have some super high paid head coach, which is what you would have to make Billy Donovan. There's an NBA team that will. There are big market teams that need to fill head coaching vacancies. Billy Donovan, he's going to stay in the NBA. Yeah, right? like I, I don't, I really don't I like Billy Donovan that much, honestly. So I I don't really want him at Syracuse. I. I see what you're saying. I mean, that could have played a part, but I mean, there's two coins. He was great in the regular season this year for the Thunder. We don't have to make this NBA centric, but no. the game seven I thought was was a little sloppy on his end at times. So right. I don't see so, it becoming a thing, but that that is weird that people brought it up. All right. Glad, glad we're putting the, the axe in yeah. right now before that gains any oxygen. Okay. So... The ACC coaches, and it looks like there's going to be statements slowly pouring out. I think I already saw one from Louisville today that these coaches want to make sure everyone has a spot in the 2021 NCAA tournament, which if that's the case, why are we playing the regular season? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> for seeding, like at that point, why don't we just make this a giant bubble palooza? That's 350 teams. I mean, that's absurd. And and I think they crunched the numbers. So there's 351 teams, but only 340 or so would actually be eligible. I think the number was 340 to 346, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, Imagine being one of of those 11 teams that couldn't make the cut. That'd be quite the Well, it, it was like... 
Oklahoma State because they're already ineligible. A couple of APR problems. So, okay. And and some other outstanding tournament bans as well. So, when I look at this, I'm very surprised that these ACC coaches are the ones that are pioneering this because you've got some very well-known coaches, some very prestigious coaches in your conference. You look at, obviously, Jim Beheim, Coach K, Roy Williams. The list goes on and on. Leonard Hamilton, Tony Bennett. You go down the line. Why would you give yourself a, a chance to maybe suffer the worst tournament loss of all time? I mean, is Tony Bennett in the room saying, guys, this is not a good idea. We <laughs> yeah. cannot do this. I know the pain. Like, what if someone loses to a... And again, maybe it doesn't happen in round one, but like... If you lose to a 150 seed or something like that, what what does that do for your reputation? Because, again, I kind of talk about this with football, too, but all it takes is this one team, and and this was the case with UMBC, all it takes is that one team to be good once. Walk through the doors to the stadium feeling great once. And that could spell doom for you. I, I don't understand why the coaches... And again, this may sound like, oh, what? well, why are you shying away from the competition? Well, you haven't earned anything to garner this matchup. I do not understand this. I, I It's idiotic to me. I'm, I, I'm I surprised that it's coming out of the, the ACC coaches. If, it's, if it was the Mountain West doing this, I get it. But the ACC coaches... I, I'm very surprised that this is the, the group that's pioneering. The, the quote-unquote best conference in the the country and they're the ones that are going to spearhead this yeah i mean it maybe does have a chance just simply because it is coming from the acc and i've seen some people say well now mark emmert the of course ncaa head is going to have to say no to coach k like that's that's saying a lot and not just i've also seen this getting floated around too i think i saw it from jeff goodman where he was saying these coaches are all in for it, they just don't know who to propose it to because they don't know how this is gonna yeah it's get very early up on. and stuff like that and, and yeah all that stuff irons itself out it just it feels way too participation trophy ish however I will add in one caveat I kind of get why this would get floated around sure and it's because of the fact that you look from a season ago at some of these teams that lost out on their chance. And again, a lot of these kids, especially at mid-major schools, they get one chance to maybe play in the NCAA tournament. So since you lose that chance, and think about a team like Dayton from a season ago, it, when you lose that chance, or, or San Diego State, that that hurts and you had worked so hard to get to something and you kind of get shut down because of something that literally could not have been further out of your control, a global pandemic. And that's the only counterpoint I will allow to this, but I'm, that's why I'm surprised it's the ACC that is coming out with this and not some of the mid majors that are pushing for this all inclusive tournament that would have 340 plus teams in it. Yeah, well, what has 2020 taught us? It's that a lot of this stuff comes down to money. And I've already seen, I think Matt Norlander was talking about how a source told him, I just don't see it because the finances don't work here. I mean, you're telling me that 
they're going to pay for 300 more teams. And that's just on the men's side. I mean, if you do it on the men's side, you probably got to do it on the women's side. So just 300 more teams they have to pay for to, to make it to the tournament. I mean, how do you work out those finances when nobody's going to subsidize it? And they lost so much last year. And all of these head organizations are down if anything money wise after what happened and who knows if you can have attendance at this thing who knows uh, what do you have to do location wise it's it's all a giant mess yeah i was surprised by this and i will say this if it is gonna happen you you gotta start planning it now right (laughs) as opposed to okay we get to (laughs) december or january what are we gonna do for an ncaa tournament and again, everyone had floated ideas from 24 to maybe going to the traditional 68 that we've seen lately. But 340 plus seems super, super ambitious. I don't see it happening. But if the ACC is the big backer, again, think about how, think about the reason why we're probably playing college football this year is the fact that the SEC wouldn't back down. And at the end of the day, they kind of run the show in terms mm-hmm. of the football side of things. The ACC is the SEC for basketball. So if the ACC, and I'm surprised that they got those 15 coaches all in agreement on something Unanimous, like that. yeah. Yeah, I, if they're the ones pushing for it, maybe it has a little bit of life. Now, it probably does have some life. I just think the finances are hard to overlook. And, I mean, look, this means Syracuse won't be on the bubble one year. When they could be in season. the bubble. They could be in the bubble, not on the bubble, yeah, but in the bubble. Yeah, right, a little different. I... I just would, it would stink to watch the regular season. There's no purpose to it. There's no urgency to any of those games. And then you're just waiting for this big tournament. And the other thing I'd be worried about, if this goes through, we know there's been some under-the-table pushing from maybe some of those Mountain West coaches or the smaller coaches like you were talking about to make the NCAA tournament, say, 96 teams and try to give their school a better shot of getting in. And I get that if you're at those schools. But one thing I know for sure is the NCAA tournament has it right. I mean, that is the best tournament, the most enjoyable first couple days of round one. I look forward to it every year. It has the perfect mix of parity. And then you get down to the final four. And sometimes it does get maybe a little too out of hand for people's liking, but It's the buzzer beaters. It's the drama, the Cinderella's. It has it down. I mean, college football has been working on their plan for years, and we're still trying to figure out, should we go to eight? Should we go to 16? How should we do this? Is it fair the way it is? Should a one-loss team get in over a team that didn't lose a game in a smaller... Like, there's so many questions. The NCAA, sure, they have the bubble every year, but it makes for controversy. They have it right, and I don't want us to mess with that and i feel like if you make it 340 or 350 or whatever there's going to be a strong push to make it 96 and to make it bigger and bigger because if if it happens it'll probably be successful but i like 68 and i I really don't want it to go higher than that yeah i think that you're right they kind of have this thing perfect the only thing that i i would add about changing the tournament is i would say at the the mid-majors, your regular season champion gets in, and then your conference champion, if it's different than the regular season champion, also gets a bid in. That's I, I think the yeah. I, That's the only change that I would allow. And hey, you might not even need to change the 68-team format to do something like that. So mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm just surprised it's the ACC that that's getting out ahead of this, and, and you've got all those notorious coaches. Why would you you open yourself up to potential more embarrassment? But hey, they they're the ones that that are calling the shots, and, and the fact that it's unanimous, I think, speaks a lot of volumes to how passionate they are about getting this unity tournament. And again, I'm all for unity during these tough times, but I, I just don't think an NCAA unity tournament is as no. as enlightening and and going to spread gonna a do beacon it, just, of positivity as well as right. as they might think it's going to if you're gonna do it just don't even play the regular season then that'd be my take like let's just all yeah, just go to one spot 350 just, or 340 team tournament do it all season long yeah yeah but then obviously you know, that's silly I, I don't think i'd say no to that i don't think i would right but then we might only get like one syracuse game the entire year i mean that's that is true yeah <laughs> So <laughs> that is very, very true. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here on this Thursday edition of the show. We had a lot to talk about today. And guess what? Tomorrow is all UNC all show. We're going to break down the matchup with the Tar Heels, the number 18 team in the country, because guess what? We're going to be just a day away tomorrow when we hit the air. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show. We can break everything down. We've been waiting for this moment to finally get to the season and it is finally here. So we will do all of that on tomorrow's show. For Tim, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you on Friday. Oh.